Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Merry. Now, today I have with me a man who's done many, many, many things. Uh, he's known in the industry as Mr. Film, even though he is semi-retired. Would you please welcome to the show, Gary Hegedus. Hello, Warwick, and uh, hello to all your listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, absolutely. So, Gary, as I ask all of my uh, guests, how do you define success? Well, I, I suppose there's probably two definitions. One is doing uh, absolutely what you want and uh, not bothering about anything else and uh, being a bit selfish. The other thing is actually, you know, doing what you want and uh, and getting paid for it as well. So, you know, running a business that you really enjoy, I think that's uh, that, that's probably success. Cool. So, so walk me through a bit of your career. Did you start at Kodak? I know you've worked at Kodak, you've worked at Black & Decker, you've done some other stuff. Did you start at Kodak or were you somewhere else first? No, no. I started life as a humble TV apprentice. So I did. A, I actually did a uh, what they call an apprenticeship back in those days for radio TV. And it wasn't until after I left that that I went off to do certificate of engineering. Then I got an engineering degree. And then it wasn't until much, much later in life, I was about 35, when I went off to get my Bachelor of Business and, uh, and then finished that off part-time. And sort of hand-in-hand hand with that, you know, changing positions, as you said, you know, working with the likes of Black and & Decker and, and so on. And then, then I got into films with Kodak. I spent five years with Kodak Australia. And uh, and then worked more or less in engineering industries, and you know it was a, a good healthy career. You know you work your way up through the ranks, and you know you go from a, a technician doing hands-on to you know running teams, and you're starting to to manage the businesses as as life goes on. And uh, and then back in around 2000, I thought, well, you know, I really enjoy and love the filmmaking, and of course it'd be really nice to to have your own business. So I thought. Um, I'll make the big move. And at that time, our finances allowed us. So if we uh, we lived off bread and water, we could venture into this <laughs> this, this business. Um, so I did. I bought a, a $400 camera and a $30 set of Bunnings lights and uh, told everyone I'm a filmmaker and off I went. <laughs> um, so I, I do have some belief in, in a self-fulfilling prophecy whereby you think, well, you know, if you really have a belief, then just go for it. And I suppose we were lucky that we, we had a, a few bob behind us just to tide us over until, you know, we started making a few dollars. Yeah. So um, so that's what I did. I walked away from, at that time, I was a uh, state manager of uh, Chubb Security down in North Melbourne and uh, walked away from that and, and started shooting films. And uh, it was really, really hard to get work, you know, so I'd, I'd make a whole lot of phone calls and try and get, you know, get somebody to accept me to, to do a film and, a couple of hundred dollars and, and it'd take a month to do a film. So very, very few dollars to start with. And uh, so off I went, started doing films. And then bit by bit, I uh, I was able to get the work and uh, and grew from there. So I had the business some 15 years. And, and at the end of it, as you may well know, 
um, lots of great friends and, and lots of business and, and lots of interesting work doing doing films. And so would you describe yourself now as semi-retired or quasi-retired or retired? Because you've officially retired, but you're still dabbling in a few little things, aren't you? Yes. Well, two, two and a half, three years ago when I retired, I was telling everyone I was retired. <laughs> but, but yeah, you're right. It's absolutely not the case. And, and the intention was that I would put my feet up and I would do all the, all the stuff that I wasn't doing. So things like um, the, the really creative stuff, like uh, creating short films and music videos and, and some philanthropic work that really I wasn't doing any because I was in the, the corporate world doing workshops and conferences, seminars, training videos, all that sort of stuff. So I thought, well, this is great. I'll, I'll have an opportunity to do that. But <clears throat> what, what inevitably happened is, um, you know, some of the my colleagues came back and I'm doing some work for them. Um, and some of the, the work that was in the past unpaid, short films and music videos, because you, you start to enter into that, that scope or that world, um, you pick up some work. So... Um, it's it's terrific now. You you get a little bit of the the, the really fun stuff, and, and you make a few dollars in between. So I guess the right definition is semi retired. <laughs> because you're also an award winning filmmaker, you've won multiple awards at a state level, yeah. Well, national level, I won the um, the last Federation of uh, Federation of Australian Movie Makers won that uh, last year for the 2016. Um, and yes, the shelf is filling up. And <laughs> of course, when you, you shoot a corporate film, um, you shoot a conference, no matter what sort of a, how good a job you do of it, uh, no one puts an award on your desk. But with, uh, with a short film circuit, um, it, it's a little bit more interesting. And uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't say highly competitive, but it, it's great to, to keep honing your, your craft and, and the craft and, and skill of filmmaking. So, yeah. So how much of your success in the different roles would you put to honing your craft? Like, as you've talked about how you started off as a TV repair person, which a job that sort of doesn't exist anymore because we buy them and throw them away, but you then went and did further study. You did your, your, your bachelor's degrees. You probably did management study. So it sounds like you've continually honed your skills. I know you've honed your skills in the video arena after starting out with your $30 lights and a $400 camera. So how much of your success do you... A, a, a portion to being able to continually hone those skills. Um, yeah, there is there, there's there's two quite separate skills, and one is the the technical skills, being able to to craft a video, and that's separate to managing the customer and making sure that they get what they want. Um, or more importantly, I shouldn't even say what they want. Um, the 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 objective of the the film. So. Um, I, th I think creating good footage, good sound is a given. So, yes, you know, you need to, to be, come along with the, um, the growth and the development of, of, of films and filmmaking and all the technology with light, sound, cameras, all that. Well, you have to keep that up. And, yes, you have to be creative. And, and yes, you need to produce a good product. But um, that's, I wouldn't say pointless, but uh, I think... As importantly, if not more importantly, the, the what the customer is targeting or, or the whole purpose of creating that particular footage, especially in the corporate world, to say, 
Um, and, and my customers would know. The early conversations would start with, you know, what, what's the objective of this? What's the outcome we want? Do we want someone to, to look at the video and say, great, I'm going to hit the contact us button. I want to talk to this person. Or is it something to inspire, something to train, some uh, an educational video that clearly spells out what the, the, the client is wanting to do? So I guess there's a skill in trying to work with the customer to establish that, to say, Here's the objective of the video. And then using your technical skills in filmmaking to say, okay, well, I think the best way to craft that is by making this type of footage and, and giving it this type of look so that you get to the outcome that the customer is trying to target. Because that's that's often an issue with the creatives, isn't it, in that um, they're very excited about doing the creative work and the creative side of things, but the business side of running a business, having business efficiencies, having the business conversation with the clients they can sometimes be a challenge. Yeah, I, I think I've been fortunate in that the, the business places that I have worked um, have been quite diverse. You know, I've worked in manufacturing, uh, I've worked in research and development, um, you know, videography and so on. So it, being able to have a, a wide scope of um, disciplines under my belt, I suppose, uh, I, I can have a conversation with the customer and say, well, okay, well, you know, this is the area that you're working in. I've got an idea of how we might present this to your customer or, or what approach we might take to get the, the product that you're after. Right. Um, I know that you've been using different drones with your footage and, and you've always used different cameras to get the, the, not the latest and greatest technology, but just a different perspective. What do you think the future of, of video is? Are drones just a trend that'll come and go? Or is it? do you think that some of these remote cameras are really going to make a huge difference? Oh, no, it's, um, the, the world is changing so quickly, you know, exponentially with regard to the videography. You know, uh, at, at Kodak, I was splicing film. Do you remember film? <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's that's a many years ago stuff with images on it um no now you know we, we now have 4k cameras that are, are very common from the point of view you probably wouldn't go out and buy a video camera that didn't have 4k and now we're looking down the barrel of 8k uh quality wise and well past that we're looking at uh, virtual reality so we're looking at 360 degree cameras so there's a lot of formats coming out now in 360 but we haven't quite settled on those but uh they're becoming very popular um, with respect to drones, they are—they'll be here to stay. And not only that, the the, the management of them, the, the way they're controlled, the height, the speed, the um, uh, first-person viewer—all all of that's improving by the day. You know, um, I remember—you know—I was very much into radio-controlled planes, and you know, 40 years ago, you. you pay you know a thousand bucks for a little two-channel remote control to drive your your balsa wood airplane and now you know three hundred dollars will get you a really great drone so yeah. um the technology is and and easy to fly you know they have you know six axis you know um stability um you know they're locked into the gps the, the whole bit so and uh, and easy to fly there are um if, if you're doing it commercially there are rules and, and legislation that you do need to comply with so i do point that out so you're either a hobbyist or a, or a pro so you just need to to jump some hoops with uh with casa what's the what's the definition uh, what's the boundary between a hobbyist or a pro if you make money you're a pro okay and so because you and i had discussions recently you almost have to have a pilot's license to fly it if you're doing it professionally yeah 
Yeah, look, there was a, there's a lot of upsets when uh, when drones started to, to hit the airwaves. Yeah, can yeah. I say that? You can say that. I can say that. Um, yeah, so, and of course, CASA was, was quite upset because, and understandably, if they you, you put a drone up past 500 feet, you know, you could hit, you know, aircraft. So they were quite concerned about that. And they came down very hard. They really made a, a noise about trying to get people to... Uh, uh, to have licences to the point, as you mentioned, where originally they wanted anybody that was going to fly a, a drone professionally to have a full pilot's licence. They've drawn back a little bit. Um, I shouldn't say a little bit, considerably. Um, and now the rules are very different. They, they really want to know what you're going to use it for. Uh, you need to know the, the rules and you need to, to fill out a swag of paperwork just to say, look, you are flying professionally. You, you do understand the, the rules and the ramifications of, of flying a drone. Um, so they, they'll, they've sort of come back to fairly even-handed about people that are using them professionally. Right, because there was that, that guy who used a drone to... Uh, go to Bunnings and get a sausage. Yeah. Oh, look, you get them all. And, you know, you've only got to hit YouTube to, to find out some of the crazy things people are doing with them. And look, you know, it, you, you can see why, why Casa was nervous. There, yeah. There's one video that I saw the other day, you know, it took it up several thousand feet just to see how long the battery would last, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and of course, he's in airspace. So, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and just, just for the listeners, Casa stands for Civil Aviation Safety Authority, yeah? Yeah. Cool, and they're they're the Australian uh, organisation that governs aeroplanes and licences and that sort of stuff. All yes. right, um, now uh, as well as being a videographer and stuff, of late you've got into these cardboard sculptures and creating quite some amazing things. What brought that on? I'm in uh, well, I'm in a couple of amateur film clubs now, <clears throat> and I'm also in the uh, the Melbourne Amateur Film Group. And, uh, and we get homework every couple of weeks, every two weeks. They, uh, they give us a little project to do. And uh, one of the projects, I, um, they're only short films that we have to do. Uh, I needed the machine gun. So I thought, I'll, you know, I'd, by the time I go and search for a plastic machine gun and pretend it's a, a real machine gun, I'll just knock one up out of cardboard. And it was great fun. I thought, oh, this is really cool. You can cut stuff up. And, and in a really short time, you can have something quite creative. It was only like a, a caricature of a, of a machine gun. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, what else could I make? And, um, yeah, I got into it. So I'm doing all sorts of things. I'm making, um, you know, Panavision cameras and box cameras and all sorts of really arty, creative things out of cardboard. It's a, it's a great medium. You can uh, knock up something quite interesting and creative in, in a really short time. And half a day a day gets you there. And you're just talking like cardboard boxes from the local grocery store kind of cardboard, yeah? Absolutely. I just collect everything and anything that's uh, this cardboard. You'd be surprised if you don't throw out your cardboard boxes how quickly it accumulates. <laughs> and yeah, and of course, then, then I use the different colours and and flutes for uh, for as part of the design. So you, you still get a you know a brown cardboard look, but with a whole lot of uh, different shades and scopes and hues. So yeah, they could be quite creative. You can. Uh, uh, jump online and have a look at some of the uh, the creative stuff people are doing with uh, w with cardboard. You know, there's people that are um, putting cardboard art into museums. There's guys making motorbikes and um, you know superheroes and full size dolls and all sorts of stuff from uh, from cardboard. It's that's good. Yeah, cool. So uh, with all the different success, the different industries that you've you've had, what do, what do you reckon would be some of the stuff that you'd wish you'd done earlier, or what are some of the lessons you'd wish you'd learnt earlier? to help uh, project you on this path of success quicker? Yeah, part, part of me thinks, oh, wouldn't it be 
great because I did the filmmaking for 15 odd years. Wouldn't it be great to have done this earlier in life and, and perhaps done different types of footage um, or, or gone on to a, a, a bigger career, if you like, to, you know, in the industry, you know, perhaps making, you know, well, I not, don't know whether I'm really keen on, on features, but certainly uh, short films and some of the more creative stuff. Um, but then having said that, you know, the, the path I had was, you know, I had a fairly healthy business career. So um, I think if I had started the filmmaking earlier, you know, as I said earlier in the, the, the chat, I, I might have had great filmmaking experience, but then the, the business side um, I may have lacked. So I might have been really creative, but, um, but lacked that sort of know-how to, to create footage that, that people can use, you know, in, in the corporate world. So I think, no, I, I think uh, I've had a, a well-balanced career from the point of view of having a, a good technical background because I've always had an interest in PCs and, you know, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to all of that <laughs> and and, uh, and cameras and, and all the rest of it. But at the same time, I, I do enjoy the, the business side of the world. So, um, uh, you know, I... I brushing shoulders with, you know, the, the people that do put on conferences and seminars and workshops, you know, they've always got something interesting to say mm -hmm. and, and some of that brushes off and, and I do find a lot of the things that I film very interesting. So it, it, it's, it's a good learning experience and then by the same token, as I say, um, being able to match the technical side of things with the, the creative, I think it's been a good balance. So I don't know whether I would regret, regret all that much that I've, I've done in the past. Right. So, so what's next for Gary Higgins, semi-retired filmmaker, cardboard cutter outer? Um, I, I guess not a lot. I, I think, um, you know, your, your definition of success is, I, I think I'm there. You know, we, we 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 don't have, you know, wheelbarrows full of money, but we certainly have enough to to sustain a you know happy living. We can go off for a, a holiday every now and then. Um, I can do all the, the hobbies that I like. I can make a few films here and there um, and just enjoy life now, you know, not having to, to worry about, you know, getting up and, and heading off to work or, or where we're going to, to get a few dollars from. Mm -hmm. So um, just being able to, to kick back and, and do your own thing, but then at the same time um, be creative and, and just enjoy life. I, I think, um, well, I can only say from my experience, I, I think that's where people would head. Um, <clears throat> I would guess that most people that retire that have had a, a healthy career business or otherwise don't sit there and put their feet up and, and you know, drink beer all day and do nothing. So, <laughs> you know, they, they, they don't stop. And look, it, all the, and I'm 62 now, so all the, the old people I talk with, they go, oh, geez, you know, how, how could I possibly fit working? You know, I'm so busy and, you know, and I've got tennis and I'm, well, I, I don't know. I, I'm doing karate. I'm actually doing karate three times a week, and I'm in a tennis club, and I'm in two video groups. So, and then you sort of think, well, apart from all that, um, then I've got my my hobbies. I've got my you know creative stuff, my my filmmaking, um, cardboard making, and and then trips and all the rest of it. You think, well, you know, you you just do all that stuff, and uh, and all of that's a joy. So you yeah. you can't aim towards it. So I, I guess what I'm saying in a nutshell is. Um, Yes, I think that's what people aim for. You work all your life so that you can put your feet up at the end and do more of the stuff that you want uh, and tip the scales to, to doing your thing rather than uh, what, the, what the boss dictates or what, what money dictates. Yeah.
Fantastic. Hey, Gary, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to have a look at some of your award-winning films or see some of your cardboard cutouts or any of that sort of stuff, do you have a, a website or a YouTube channel or something they can check out? Uh, yeah, um, the website's garyhegedis.com.au and that's got a link to the YouTube channel. There's more interesting stuff on the YouTube channel than there is on the website. <laughs> Great. All right, so head over to garyhegedis.com.au and check out some of the, the award-winning videos that Gary's put together. Gary, thanks again for your time. Pleasure talking to you, Warwick. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. We look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening and we hope you can get more success.